Genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers one minute at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Ferguson. And today we're talking about Minute 61, which starts with Treebeard looking at Merry and Pippin now that they have fallen asleep in his branches and ends with Gandalf speaking to Aragorn and he says, From the summit of Barador, his eye watches. And he trails it. Doesn't really trail off. We just cut him off right after that word is done. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I only have a, a couple of notes for this minute. Not a lot's going on here, not really. So I now know what kind of tree Treebeard is based on. Okay. And I have no idea how to spell it, so I have no idea how to look it up. <laughs> Richard, Richard Taylor talks about it in the commentary. He says that the texture of Treebeard's bark is based on it. And I'm certain that I'm butchering this because I'm just trying to write it down phonetically how it kind of sounded like he said it. Uh, the Pahutakawa tree, a tree native to New Zealand. So they, they molded the bark and then they, the Treebeard animatronic and then the, the detail work is like, Supposed to mimic the bark of that tree. That's cool. This is a native New Zealand tree. Oh, they're pretty. They're, it's the New Zealand Christmas tree. They have bright red flowers. That's kind of cool. Treebeard doesn't have no bright red, bright red flowers. No, that's but, funny. But that means the treebeard is a Christmas tree. <laughs> That makes sense, though, because, I mean, Christmas happens over the summer. Yeah. So, like, that's cool. And it's got these bright red flowers, you know, kind of like a, I mean, they don't look anything like poinsettia flowers, but it's like the same kind of color. And we use poinsettias as like a Christmas flower. So this makes sense to me, red and green. I got it. Apparently, the first known published reference to the Pahutakawa as a Christmas tree came in 1857 and they used some flowers as part of the decorations for a feast interesting so yeah tree beard is a christmas tree that's so exciting the more you know (laughs) now you know also what the heck is dominic monaghan doing with his hand when he gets put down I thought he was, like, mimicking he's, the innocence he, he, of a small child, sleeping right. deeply. He's just like, when I watch, it's like, he. I got this idea from watching babies. <laughs> That's what he says. It's Which, just like, do you watch a lot of babies, Dom? That's weird. Mm. He's watching babies sleep. When they get moved around in their sleep, they stretch their hands out and... He explained to Peter Jackson why he did this, and Peter just giggled and left it in the movie. (laughs) And then we transition from... Oh, also, I really like what Treebeard says to Mary and Pippin here when they're sleeping. It's like, rest, sleep, little Shirelings, and let 
It's like, uh, let no sound wake you. Let no nightly noise. Yeah. I like that phrase, no nightly noise, because I like alliteration, as we've gone over. I'm still reading about this tree, and it's a coastal evergreen tree. That's cool. It doesn't look like I expect an evergreen tree to look. Yeah. But that's cool, I guess. And then we move on to... uh, Gandalf and Aragorn. Yeah, we move on to Gandalf and Aragorn, and there's this wide shot from behind Gandalf. as He's looking out over the plains of Rohan, looking south towards Mordor. I understand why Gandalf is relegated to exposition all the time, because it just sounds good coming out of Ian McKellen's mouth. Yeah. Like... He is like the the mentor character in this narrative, um, and he's already died, so uh, right. we're good on that front. But <laughs> <laughs> right, the mentor needs to die. Well, he's not going to die twice, so we're all good. So, but I am not the biggest fan of exposition, Gandalf. And we've had plenty of exposition Gandalf in the previous movie. And, like, in the last two weeks. Yeah. Well, he was mostly excited about his horse. Mm. But there's a lot of, like, from his return until... Oh, that's true. He's, until like, this... talking about how he came back. Yeah. And, like, from his return until, like, the scene in the throne room, mm-hmm. there's a lot of just Gandalf telling you what's happening. Yeah. Or, like, what's about to happen. Which I get, I understand. I mean, if you're going to, like you said, like if you're going to give these lines to anybody, why not Ian McKellen? Uh, Sean Astin says a very complimentary thing about him. It's like uh, his age and the tenor of his voice, it just sounds wonderful no matter what he says. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty good. You know, it works. There's a reason they considered having him do the prologue, I guess. I can't imagine him doing the prologue, though. Right? You know, I would just miss Kate Blanchett doing it. I wouldn't really miss it. I wouldn't know it was ever going to be a thing. Right. But it'd be like the reverse. Like, we'd find out through the commentary that they origin- they were thinking about having Kate Blanchett do it. And I'd be like, oh, that would have been fantastic. <laughs> Not that I don't think it would have been great to listen to Ian McKellen do it, but I can't imagine anybody else doing I mean, the first few he's lines. he's featured more in the movies than she is anyway, Let. Let her just read some right. lines. Let one of the let one of the three named ladies have a little more time to talk. I know. I know. Like Well, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about it when we get more into Eowyn, but um It's really I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this conversation now. But like so many dudes in this movie like yeah there are so many and i I mean that that's what you get for like you know making a a faith like a really faithful adaptation for a work written in the early part of the 20th century yeah by an english old white dude right like no i i guess i'm i'm glad we got the faithful adaptation out of the way uh, 15 years ago, so now, um, I mean, with Amazon having the rights for a TV show going forward, or, like, you know, spin-off stuff, I'd be down for, like, I don't know, 
lady characters um, swapping. Not relegated to a romance like the created character of Tariel? Yeah, I mean, I love Evangeline Lilly. Um, I think she's a great actress. So say actress. we all. I think she's a great actress. Uh, I can't wait to see her as the Wasp. I've I've liked her. Full. I've liked her since Lost. Um, but we're, this isn't the Hobbit minute. No. Um, but since we're talking about lady characters, I understand their reasoning for including Tariel. Well, without her, who is there? Right. There's no one. Nobody. Like Bard's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Galadriel in the in the council scenes. Oh yeah. I And like that's it. I understand the inclusion of Tariel. I don't like what she's relegated to. Yeah. Do we need an elf dwarf love triangle? Not really. No. We don't. We got one right here. It's not even a love triangle. It's just dudes being bros. Right? Got sailing off to heaven together. <laughs> Just a wizard and his horse sailing off to heaven. Not what? That happens. That's a thing. That's that's like some people. Some people assume based on the text the Shadowfax sails into the West with Gandalf. I was talking about Legolas and Gimli. I know. I know. <laughs> I was just making it like upping the ante. You know, let's oh just keep God. going. That's probably, you know what? That's hilarious because now I'm just thinking about like the Narnia books and like a horse and his boy. Um, just a horse and his wizard. <laughs> but yeah, no, like uh, the more I think about it, the more I'm kind of really excited about the Amazon stuff. We haven't had any inkling of what they're going to be doing. Just There's no just news. Lots of uh, speculation. But like, <laughs> we bought the rights for as much money as it took. To make all three of these first movies. Yeah. Let some let some of the characters be that are traditionally um, portrayed by men. Let them be ladies. Well, that's why I'd like to see a Valar story. Yeah. Your cast is by default half and half at that point. Yeah. Though I feel like that's... I. Well, we haven't gotten that deep into the sim like we've gotten pretty deep in the Silmarillion but not like that deep so yeah I feel like they would have to I don't know how I would well, there's feel a lot of vagaries they just get to fill in with whatever they want I don't know how I'd feel about like a Valar TV show like maybe a Val I think that is more suited suited to movies than I don't know I think that you could you could build a series especially for the more like, people are, who are just going to watch it as a casual fan that's just like, oh, it's Lord of the Rings, I'll watch this. Yeah. Who don't know anything about the Silmarillion. And then this series is, like, you can build the intrigue to Melkor's betrayal, and that's good for, like, your casual Amazon viewer to just sit down and watch something. And that's something you'd build across a series, like, not, like, in a movie. Right. But, like, he's the, the bad guy. He's, like, the Satan figure. Wouldn't, like... You know, yeah, some He's most... the most beautifulest and the smartest and the prettiest and he, oh he's the smartest. And has he's... the evil sounding name. Yeah. He's gonna here's, here's Mandos and Orome and <laughs> and Yavana and Melkor. <laughs> Which of these is evil? <laughs> Can you tell me? Oh, he has ambition? Oh dude's gonna fall. Like hmm. <laughs> Oh, he's the oldest. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I don't know. There are stories you could tell about the Valor. I think that would work as a TV show. The A lot of the other adventures in the Silmarillion that would make good like series or potentially just good movies in their own right. Uh, I want to hear more about these freaking vampires and werewolves and stuff. Of which there is essentially like a paragraph about. <laughs> <sighs> That's the cool, like, uh, man. Right? I want to I wanna know more about this vampire queen lady. Yeah. Or like, um, whatever race of spiders that, um, Shelob's from. Oh, yeah. And more Ungoliant, children or, of Ungoliant thing. Yeah. Ungoliant's the dragon? Ungoliant is the first big spider. Oh. She ate some of the light of the trees. Oh. That's badass. Like. She helped Melkor knock them down. Or just like some dragon lore. Not the trees, the lanterns. She helped Melkor knock the lanterns down. Oh, so like pre-trees. Yeah. I think it's the lanterns, yeah. That's cool. That's so petty. It's like and then I think cat. she tried to eat Melkor, but I can't remember. <laughs> it's like a big cat just knocking stuff off the table like, eh. But instead, it's like an absolutely massive spider made of pure darkness and evil. Yeah. <laughs> you don't feel that way about our cat sometimes? Oh, he's cute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think some spiders are cute, but like. No, I'm not about that. Life. Not in a way that I think a cat is cute. That's fair. That's fair. I have always wanted a tarantula, but that will never happen. Nope. nope. They're fuzzy. You can pet them. Nope. You know what? Home Alone ruined tarantulas for me forever. So, uh... That might be the source of me wanting one. What? Seeing that movie as a kid and being like, that's an option as a pet? <laughs> I I would rather have a snake before a tarantula. Snakes are cool, too. Snakes are pretty cool. They're chill. A cat would hate it, though. But anyway, yeah, there needs to be more ladies in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like, I would totally be down for, like, gender Ben Aragorn. I would totally be down for a queen returning to claim her Hell her birthright yeah. over the, the kingdom of men. Like, I'm down for that. Or why couldn't Legolas be a princess? I mean... Instead of the prince of the woods? It's it's not like it's... um. It's not like his, his his gender is relevant to the story at all. Yeah, it's not like it's it's a big deal. Like there there's there's like that. It would be like Tariel. <laughs> just just transplant. It's like, no, this is Tariel now. <laughs> just gets to be Evangeline Lily. <laughs> Though like She's the only redheaded elf, isn't she? She's a woodland elf. She's not a high elf. There were more, um... Were there more redheads in Mirkwood? Yeah. I don't remember clearly. Yeah. Most of the elves we see are either blonde or brunette. Yeah. Though I... I... I don't know. Tario, like, does more in the Hobbit movies than Legolas does here. Or in the Hobbit movies. Yeah, that's true. Legolas... Legolas defies physics for fan service and you know not what? a lot else. Like, I joke about that scene from The Hobbit all the time, but that's, like, one of the few that I remember. So, it yeah. did its job. Yeah. Every time The Hobbit comes up, it's just like, alright. <sighs> yeah, I'd be... There are all kinds of things in the Silmarillion that I think could work as 
more episodic narratives. Mm. Uh, we just started reading about Fanor, and that could work as a TV series. Yeah, that's true. The Adventures of Fanor, and then you have like Galadriel in there, just be like, "Hey, hey, remember her? She was in yeah. the movies." She, uh, she could easily be turned into a main character in that narrative. Yeah. You could see a young Galadriel. I'm down for that. Right? That's awesome. And there's all kinds of others that you could see. I mean, elves, just pretty elves. Just give me more pretty elves on my TV. What happened to you? Did we swap places? Like Whatever, there's nothing wrong with the elves. Is this my influence on you? There's nothing wrong with elves. There are things wrong with pushing the supernatural elements of elves a little too far when the rest of your movie like <laughs> really reigns it in really making talking the... about the hobbit again no oh. i'm talking even lord of the rings like most of the stuff is really reined in and then like we have gandalf fighting the balrog and then we see things like legolas walking on top of snow when everyone else is sinking but it's like super I and mean, i mean it's... that's a quick moment yeah that moment is not dragged down by dwelling on it <laughs> unlike Unlike other things that Legolas does. Are you alluding to the stair surfing scene? Yes. And the Oliphant. It's like, counts as well. It's like, <laughs> in the first movie, Peter Jackson was just like, here, I'm going to hint at the supernatural agility of the elves. In the second movie, I'm going to show you an example of the supernatural agility of the elves. In the third movie, we're going to turn it up even further. In the third movie, he's going to take down an entire Oliphant. In the third movie, he's going to kill 20 guys and surf down the trunk of a collapsing dead giant elephant. Land perfectly and look directly at the camera, breaking the fourth wall for just a moment. I don't think it counts as breaking the fourth wall unless he, like, winks and, like, shakes out his hair. I mean, it's close. He <laughs> he stops and look. He's facing the camera and he's real smug. Well, we're not even at that We're not yet. even there. <laughs> but, you know, that's a, that's a, here's Orlando Bloom. That's a purely for the audience moment. You know what? I'm fine with it. I know. I know. Shrug. Anyway, yeah, Lord of the Rings needs more ladies. It does. It, I I will absolutely agree. Like there, there's no reason that pretty much any character couldn't be a lady. Like, you you some of them even have names you don't have to change. Like, maybe you can. You don't even have to change Mary and Pippin's full names. Yeah, Peregrine's a rad name. Right, Peregrine sounds like a fine lady name. That sounds like a perfectly reasonable either or name. Sounds like a fantasy novel protagonist. Mm. Like a YA dystopian. Yeah, like, <laughs> name your kid after a bird. Like, here you go. It's like some... I mean, I went to school with a kid named Hawken. Well, there you go. So, I don't know. Bring back bird names 2018. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I mean, you don't have to change... I mean, I mean, maybe you have to change Samwise, but, like, Sam is fine. Why do you have to change Samwise? I don't know. I mean, I guess you don't really have to, but I mean, there are some names you probably would change so that they're less, they sound more one or the other. Why? I don't know. I just, that's just what writers do generally. I don't know. Try to convey things with names. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, yeah, I mean, there's tons of either or names out there that don't sound one way or the other. Unisex names, not either or. Unisex. That's the word I'm looking for. (laughs) I forgot what that word was for a second. (laughs) But yeah, unisex names like Kelly. Kelly's a unisex name? Yeah. 
That's uh, it's traditionally it's uh, traditionally a uh, Irish and Scottish first name for dudes. Oh, like Courtney. Yeah, like Courtney or Lindsay yeah. or Ashley. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. And those names became like feminine names in like in England over time. The more you know. Right. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I just I don't want to talk about exposition Gandalf. So. Right. <laughs> Well, well, we're gonna tomorrow. Yeah, uh, like pretty much the entire minute is just Gandalf telling Aragorn exactly what we're about to watch for the next, you know, hour. They're like standing in mist. Uh, they're on like some it, foggy downs. It bothers me because there's a fire. Because like we see Aragorn walk up from the fire, but it's not lit like there's a fire to the back of them. And there's a there's a production reason for that. Oh, okay. Because they filmed this, uh, they were filming something else, and they were get they got rained out, and so they just packed into this uh, warehouse where there wasn't a lot of room to move around, and they couldn't build a set. And they filmed some stuff, and then they filmed more to fill it in in pickups and like polish the scene. Yeah. So originally they filmed in an Apple warehouse, where they just had to tuck everything in real tight, and that's why they're so close to Aragorn. And Gandalf, and then they just had to paint out the entire background to make sure that nothing was visible, <laughs> and then just replaced it with this fog. And while it's not great, uh, I can't remember who says this on the commentary, uh, Ian McKellen is engaging enough that I don't really notice the lack of a background. Yeah, it's it's just kind of strange because their heads are just kind of like floating and nebulous mist. Yeah. And I mean this is this is a scene that just doesn't exist in the theatrical. Right. This is totally cut out. Yeah. Because in a in a theater setting this doesn't play well. Right. Why would you just why would you tell the audience exactly. what the next hour and 15 minutes yeah. of your movie is going to be straight out? Like I'm going to explain to you the plot in incredible detail starting with our next step. Like, I'm not entirely sure, like, this, I guess we'll talk more about it tomorrow, but, like, this is one of the few extended edition scenes where I'm not entirely sure why it's here. Like, I feel like I get something out of most extended edition mm-hmm. scenes, but this is one where I'm just like, why are we talking about it instead of doing the thing? Yeah, I mean, I... I think I know why this scene exists, and I do agree that it kind of adds to it a little bit, but I don't know if it, it, it's obviously not necessary. They cut it from the theatrical. Right. But I think that the reason this scene exists is because they wanted to show Gandalf trying to push Aragorn into his birthright a little more. Like, we're missing a little bit of that from Gandalf across these movies. Yeah. And this is just a scene where Gandalf can nudge on Aragorn to be like, you have to do this. Well, because the only real nudging we get is kind of Galadriel in Fellowship, if I remember correctly. Because, like, Elrond kind of, but it's, like, weird, passive-aggressive, backhanded Elrond encouragement. <laughs> you can only marry my daughter if you claim your birthright. Go away. Right? Yeah. It's like, well, you're obviously not going to do that now, are you? Um... You can marry her when you become king. As if that will ever happen. <laughs> But you know what I mean? It's like weird, like backhanded yeah. Elrond encouragement. But Galadriel and like Arwen up. encourages him. Yeah, because 
She's pretty. He loves her a lot. Well, I mean, you're not Isildur. Like, she has that whole conversation with him in Fellowship. Yeah, that's true. You're not your ancestors. Well, I feel like that's less nudging and more, like... Trying to slap him in the face? No, not... No, I was going to say it's it's encouraging, but it's not... um, It's not pushing him in the direction that he needs to go. Mm. It's like assuaging personal fears that he has about himself, not like, hey, this is what you're supposed to be. Mm. I also think that this scene, I mean, and this matters tomorrow, that this scene is really like telling us what Gan- telling us what Gandalf knows about uh, Sauron and Saruman. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like people can figure that out. Like, right? It's not as it's not as though one of the things that Gandalf says in the scene, he didn't tell to Saruman himself in the Fellowship. Right. There's only one Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Name drop. <laughs> we get a name drop in both in both movies so far. Yeah, that's true. The is there? Do they say the return of the, of the king? king? Probably. I can imagine it in Gandalf's voice. I can't remember if they do. I don't remember either. Hmm. Maybe that's why it won an Oscar. Oh, I'm just kidding. Because it didn't have the name drop. <laughs> we'll discover it organically whenever we get to it. There's a in one of the early episodes of Family Guy, they make a joke about movies doing that. Mm. Uh, like Peter is at the movie theater watching Superman Four. <laughs> I think I remember this. And like Nuclear Man, who's the bad guy like says like i can't remember exactly how the line goes but he just says the full title of the movie it's like <laughs> and i'll defeat superman 4 the quest for peace and then just like really flatly <laughs> i love it when movies do the name drop thing because it's so like cheesy and it just but reminds s- me that like we're watching a movie and right. it's fun and stuff but like sometimes it it fits and like sometimes the title of the work comes from something that was written into it first right so, like, sometimes it works and it doesn't pull me out of the movie, but sometimes when it's something I've seen a lot, like, mm-hmm. say, The Fellowship of the Ring, and Elrond says... The Fellowship yeah, right. of the Ring. <laughs> right, and Elrond then says it, I'm just like, ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> like The finger guns. Or, like, well, yeah, when Saruman's like, the union of the two towers, I'm just like, oh, hey. Right, it's just like... Because, you know, I didn't have the reaction I saw it originally. I was just like, you know, oh, yeah, I love these movies. And then it's like later, I was just like, well, that's kind of silly. <laughs> you know, all I, these all these little things to, to pick on. I legitimately cannot remember if someone says Return of the King. Or like the king has returned or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure Gandalf says the king has returned. But I don't, I don't know. Eh, we'll figure it out. It'll be yeah, a surprise. We'll find out. We'll find out. It's just... I mean, they say Desolation of Smog, I'm pretty sure, in that movie. I blocked most of that movie that wasn't elves out of my brain. That's that's fair. Elves and barrels. Elves and barrels? Yeah. I don't know. That was in that second movie, right? Yeah, that's probably my least favorite scene in the second movie. The barrels? Yeah. The barrels was so fun. It was dumb, but it was really fun. With, like, what's-his-face? Just, like... The bomber? Like whack the orcs and stuff? Yeah. It's silly. Uh, it's a kid's movie. It is. Dude, whenever it pretends to not be a kid's movie is when I'm not on board. But that's The Hobbit, and we're talking about Lord of the Rings. Take right, this movie, like, this movie just knew what it was. And I think uh, I do... 
I do like that all three of these movies are like a different kind of movie, but they're still, you know, fantasies or whatever. Like, because the first one is the adventure story, the second one's a war movie, and the third one's an epic. I guess, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. No? No, I'm not sure. I, I don't think about these movies in terms of being separate entities. Like, The Lord of the Rings is one giant-ass movie. And in many ways, yes, it's one long 12-hour movie. So, I, I don't know, I gotta think about that, I guess. I don't know, it's just, it's just a thing I've always kind of felt more about this. The second one feels the most different from the other two. Yeah, because there's like an hour and a half long fight scene. Right. I mean, the Battle of Pelnor Fields isn't really any shorter. Yeah, that's true. There's just way more going on. And it's cut up differently. Yeah. Helm's Deep is like, there's like 45 straight minutes of here we are in Helm's Deep. Well, Pelennor Fields is like the 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 big one, you know? Like it's the climactic, like everything we've been right. working towards has been leading to this moment kind there's, of thing. There's Oliphants and Wraiths on Wings and then Rohan shows up. Yeah. So The beacons are lit and all that nonsense. <laughs> that all happens around, you know, in that movie. And then there's an army of an undead and pirates. Yeah. What is happening? But, anyway. So that was minute 61. Not uh, really. It was everything but minute I know. 61. <laughs> I'm excited to learn about that tree. That was that was awesome. Right? Yeah, I, I, I really feel like I should just have, like, the Bill Nye sound effect. Like, did you know that? <laughs> now you know. Now you know. <laughs> that, that plays through my brain every time I learn, like, a particularly... <laughs> A particularly small and interesting piece of information, Bill Nye is just that in is the like back of my brain. That is, like, not relevant to, like, everyday life. Right. I'm just, like, just, oh. <laughs> Thanks. And then it plays with the the more you know graphic with the shooting star. Oh, yeah, like the clip art, like, yeah, straight yeah, out of, like, when, yeah. uh, like Office 96 or whatever. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's from NBC. But, anyway, take us away. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. Uh, we're from the website DuelingGenre.com. And if you would like to support us, you can do so by going to DuelingGenre.com slash support and supporting us on Patreon. Uh, if you if you donate $5 a month to our Patreon account, you get access to all of the extra stuff on DuelingGenre.com just about. Yeah. Pretty much every podcast has extra stuff on Patreon. Not Harry Potter. Harry Potter has their own, and I think Protagonist Podcast has their own. Yeah. But, uh, a bunch of stuff. We need to review, um, that Peter Jackson movie. Well, I know, we still... It'll technically be April. It'll, yeah, life's been hard. It'll be April Fool's Day. That's a, that's good. That's good. You think you're getting Muppets, you get something totally different. Starts yeah. off with a totally, like, yeah, standard, yeah. mocking Muppets song number, and yeah. then just... Goes crazy. It's like Avenue Q, but on steroids. Um, yeah. So, you can get that and... Um, Listen to us talk about the Silmarillion. If uh, you were... If you're in our Facebook group, um, one of our previous guests was, like, live-blogging the animated Hobbit movie, which was really fun, and we did a review of that last year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been going through the Silmarillion, we've been 
slowly, slowly, slowly watching um, Peter Jackson movies. We did a few of the um, like actors other movies. So, yeah. And then, uh, like Norman was saying, there's a bunch of other stuff for like Spider-Man and Cornetto and um, I'm doing another Movies by Minute podcast exclusively for Patreon because I'm crazy. Um, yeah, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Versus Scott the Pilgrim Minute. Versus the Minute. So if that's your cup of tea, check us out there at duelinggenre.com slash support. As always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Ed Foster. Hope everyone has a great Monday. We'll be back tomorrow with Minute 62. Bye.